Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us today for Let's Get Moving. Today we're going to talk about body image, and I have with me Dr. Lexi Kite. She's the co-director of Beauty Redefined. And Dr. Kite, let's just talk for a minute about body image. Why is it that everyone I talk to seems to have a problem with their body, no matter how beautiful, how thin, or however you define that? But Great question. Um, this is something that we research about and talk about just all day long for many, many years now at Beauty Redefined. This comes down to the fact that, especially for girls and women, we grow up in a world that objectifies us. It's a big word, but the root word of objectifies is object. We live in a world that convinces us from the time we're very young that the parts of our bodies are the key to our success and our happiness. And that as we fixate on fixing, in quotes, those parts or emphasizing the parts we like or the parts we think other people will like to see, that that's how we'll gain our happiness, our health, our success, our power. And so from the time we're very little, we get self-conscious of the color of our hair and the length of our hair, the color of our fingernails and our toenails, um, having nice thick eyebrows and eyelashes, but no hair below the eyelashes, our pores we get obsessed with, all of these things that in, in many ways boys and men don't have to deal with. But because we live in an incredibly profit-driven world, girls and women are, are hit with this barrage of unreal ideals. And it all comes down to money. Um, one thing that people are very, very surprised by, but helps us understand why we live in this objectified world, is the fact that while women don't make the most money in every household, they spend the money. So women are in control of upwards of 90% of all the dollars spent in every household. Media makers and industry leaders of every kind know that if you can convince a little girl that she needs to have big eyes, those princess ideals, a small waist, you know, all of those ideals. Um, And you can convince 20 year olds that they need to be worried about their forehead lines and wrinkles and the size of their pores. You've got us for life. And we spend billions of dollars in the process of trying to fix these supposed flaws to feel okay. Right. So this isn't something that just impacts us here in the United States. This impacts women everywhere. Absolutely. It's definitely an international problem. And the ideals change depending on the nation you live in. Um, We're in touch with a foundation in Africa, in Nigeria, um, called the Beauty and Black Foundation. And they are working on something that we're also working on over here, which is helping to bring to light the idea of beauty whitewashing or the idea that whiteness is the most optimally beautiful. 
and billions of dollars are spent by girls and women every year across the world in Asia, Africa, India, and beyond to try to lighten their skin tone through skin lightening and skin bleaching. And then here in the U.S. and in other, you know, white countries, we're worried we're too pale. So those same industries, we're talking Jurgens, L'Oreal, major industries that you recognize their, their brand power, they are selling us tanning products and um, you know self-tanning lotion. And overseas, they are selling skin bleaching and skin lightening creams to the same audiences. Literally every inch of our bodies have been co-opted by people who are making billions at the expense of our self-worth. I know that we've been talking about body image for at least 10 years. I mean, I don't know when we had you on KSL last, but this isn't something that's new. It's something we've known about. But is it getting better or is it getting worse as a result of social media? Oh, man. We know based on research and just personal experience that social media exacerbates every problem you have with your body because girls and women are growing up and growing older in a world where, especially with really visual mediums like um, Instagram and Snapchat, where it's all about the photo and all about engagement with that photo, we are comparing ourselves. And research shows the more time spent on social media, the more likely you are to feel self-conscious about your body. So you're going to have poor body image. You will compare yourself to other girls and women and you won't like what you find. Um, you will be more lonely, feel more envious, experience more shame. The list goes on. So on the one hand, yes, social media is making our problems, our body image problems much worse because our bodies are just at the forefront of everything we do. And we start to believe that, that our power comes from our looks and how people feel about our bodies and through the likes, through the shares, through the comments. But on the other hand, you know, I've been at this, this is Beauty Redefined's 10 year anniversary. And in that time, you'd think that Lindsay and I would be just drowning in the pain of girls and women and all the stories we hear, all the really devastating stories and research we hear, but we're not. I feel a lot of hope that especially these younger generations of girls and women coming up can recognize that they are more. They're more than bodies. They are able to see that these industries are not working for their benefit in any way, and they want to rebel against them. I do see a lot of that hope. You know, the work Lindsay and I do in body image is different than the work a lot of other people do. A lot of really well-meaning organizations and activists, when they're trying to address body image concerns, which we know is just rampant and terrible, they often do it in this one specific way. It, it generally sounds like this. You are so beautiful, exactly the way you are. If you had any idea how beautiful you were, you would have all the confidence to go change the world. Flaws and all, you are beautiful. And to that, we cringe a little because in a lot of ways, that message packaged in many different ways is just recentering the exact same problem we're trying to fix, which is you are more than beautiful. You are more than a body. If you truly believe all of your value and your self-confidence and self-esteem comes from your body, you'll never win because there's always a new ideal. The ideals are consistently out of reach. We age, we change, our bodies change. It's part of being human and just living. And yet, if we tell girls and women that their self-confidence needs to come from their bodies and build them up in that way, it is so easy to tear them down in that same way. And so at Beauty Redefined, what we focus on and what we're writing a book on that will come out in fall of 2020 is the idea that 
you can use your body as a site of resilience, of power, that you can look out and name and shine a light on and see the objectification that surrounds you. Not just from media, not from just all the photoshopped magazines and social media and billboards and the, you know, horrible objectification we see, but even the objectification that comes from your mom, your grandma, your coworkers, loved ones who have grown up in this same world being really fixated on their weight and the latest diet and the the pores on their face and, you know, the any number of flaws in quotes that we have. We help people to recognize that you can use the pain you've experienced in your life and become more because of that pain, not in spite of it. You can take it and learn that your eyes are opened to other people and the pain they've experienced. You know, for Lindsay and I, we are grateful for the body shame we experienced throughout our lives because that body shame really opened our eyes to a mission we both have, a a real calling and career we both have to to run Beauty Redefined and to to share what we can online and in speaking events and through a book to help people recognize that they are more. And we truly believe in the power of every person to be able to do that same thing. How do we do it? Some of these things are so deeply ingrained in our psyche. How do we change that self-talk and get on the right path? I mean, do you have some small steps we can take to head that direction? Absolutely. I just wrote... um, 250 pages on this. (laughs) Um, The biggest step that I want to lead with is a life-changing mantra we share. We have heard the most amazing feedback from women and girls and boys and men who take this mantra to heart. And that is that your body is an instrument, not an ornament. If you can truly learn to view and value and experience your body as an instrument for your use, for your good, as your vehicle to lead and serve and do and be, you will be less confined in that prison that tells you that how you look to other people is where you will gain your power as an ornament. So you can do this in a lot of ways. In terms of your own health and fitness, a lot of times we measure our health through these really objectified ideals that don't actually tell us anything about our health, like our weight on the scale or our body mass index or the size of our clothing. That is not a measure of your health. Your health is measured internally. Your health is measured by what you can do, by how you feel, by your blood sugar, your cholesterol, your blood lipids, your resting heart rate. The list goes on. Those are internal indicators of health. So studies show that especially for women, when we um, hit up a new workout regimen, when we start a new diet, and we don't see the weight fall off like we were told it would, or our bodies look different than we thought they would, we stop working out. We sit on the couch, we binge eat because dieting always leads to binging. Every time dieting leads to binging. And other times, about one in four times, dieting leads to a full-blown eating disorder, especially for young girls. When we are fixating on our weight as our determinant of health, we're getting it wrong. For many people, your health will improve greatly by seeing your body as an instrument, by using your body as an instrument, by walking or running or swimming or whatever joyful movement is for you. But your weight might not change. And that does not mean that you are not healthy. That means that you are very healthy if your internal indicators of health are changing um, and if you are able to do and be more than you used to do and be. So we, we really recommend seeing your body as an instrument instead of an ornament. One other um, little tip I would share 
is that self-compassion is truly at the root of helping us to see ourselves as more than bodies. Self-compassion is is the process of being able to see yourself and hold your pain in balanced awareness, realizing that so many other people in this world are experiencing the exact same pain and shame you are. You are not alone in your pain. All of us feel objectified. All of us live in this world where we kind of picture ourselves being looked at instead of just living. It's called self-objectification. It hurts us. It hurts us because we are valuing an outsider's perspective on our amazing bodies instead of an internal insider's perspective that tells us that we are incredible, that regardless of your ability or how you look, you can do and be because you are important. You are more than a decoration. You are more than a body. So in order to develop some self-compassion, talk to yourself a little bit different. When you find yourself scrolling through somebody's Instagram and you are comparing yourself stop for a minute. When you feel that jab of self-comparison that never makes you feel better, stop. Look at the photo of that woman or girl and say, she's doing her best. She is living in this same really objectifying world I am, and she's doing her best. She probably experiences pain just like I do, regardless of what she looks like, because research backs that up. Even the most beautiful women among us experience really severe body shame and pain because the ideals are consistently out of reach. Nobody can reach them, and nobody can stay there for long if they do reach them for a day. So look at her and practice some compassion by telling her just internally, say, I love her. She's doing her best. She is my sister. And then look at yourself and say the same thing. I'm doing my best. I don't deserve to compare myself to anybody else. I do not deserve to see myself as just a decoration. I'm so much more. And as you work on that, as you work on that internal dialogue and stop the self-comparison, you will feel more compassion toward yourself and you will turn it outward. There is no way that you won't feel more compassion for yourself and then be able to look at the people in your real life and online and feel more compassion for them. Right. And be more successful. Oh, because how much does that hold us back? Mm-hmm. Oh, self-objectification and self-comparison. Research shows us, I know it from personal experience, you do too. That holds us back in every imaginable way. Our health is hurt in the process because of binge eating and dieting and, and a sedentary lifestyle that comes from shame when your body doesn't fit the ideals you think it should. Our relationships are hurt in the process. So many girls and women who don't feel capable of being loved, who feel unattractive and unlovable, get into very unhealthy relationships with partners who value them for their body and nothing else. And they think, oh my gosh, as long as this person finds me attractive, then I better stick with this because I can't do any better. So we stay in abusive, harmful, hurtful relationships that have nothing to do with love and everything to do with objectification because we believe we're objects. It hurts us in terms of our progress in our careers and our social lives and every other way because girls and women who feel self-conscious of their bodies, they don't speak up in meetings. They don't walk up to the front of the room to give that presentation because they're too self-conscious of what they look like. We sit out of activities and events because of our acne or our cellulite or whatever the thing is. We see self-objectification as holding girls and women back in such devastating ways and teach about self-objectification so that a light bulb will go off in your mind the next time you picture yourself living instead of just living to tell yourself you are more than a body. You do not deserve to self-objectify like this because the world needs you. 
The world needs you desperately. The world needs girls and women who will stand up and lead and do and speak out regardless of how they feel about their bodies or regardless of their worst fears of what somebody else might thinks might think when they look at them. We need girls and women to do more and be more. Thank you so much for doing this. I hope I can come back and talk to you again once your book comes out. Absolutely. We would love that. Fall 2020. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.